Hey everyone, we're back with another week of Find Your Film. And this is episode 141 for this new episode. We're covering a whole bunch of movies, a lot of things to talk about. Yeah, what do you, Eric Holmes, what do you think of my new camera? It's, it's an iPhone. It's nothing exciting, but I, I, I like it. I'm, I'm looking weird. It's weird because when I'm looking at you, I'm looking down. I don't I don't like it's weird. Do I look OK? Do I look uh, all right, Bruce? What do you think? You always look all right, but you look even better than all right now. You look like that iPhone clarity. Look, look at you. Technologically <laughs> advanced iPhone clarity. We have a lot of clarity this week regarding movies we're covering for episode 141. I'm just going to get right by, right through it right now. We have actually four movies. We have Sam and Kate, a movie with Sissy Spacek and Dustin Hoffman and their kids and their respective kids. To, one of them is Jake Hoffman. The other one is Skylar Fisk. Skylar Fisk is the daughter of Sissy Spacek. The movie's called Sam and Kate. We'll be covering that. There's a movie called The Friendship Game. Eric Holmes, you want to tease anything about The Friendship Game and anything right off the top of your head that you want to say about it? I don't want to give too much away right off the bat, but it's a game about friendship. Okay, very. Th- thanks again for helping, uh, Eric Holmes. You're, we're going to talk about how you're helping the, the show, a- aiding and abetting the show in, in a couple of seconds. What else, Bruce? Have you ever been to Paradise City? Would you? And if you, and if so, would you ever want to go back, Bruce? Perky? I've heard the grass is green and the girls are pretty at Paradise City, but half are of the that, movie's good. Are the movie, girls are pretty. Paradise City girls are pretty. Are the movie's. I good? guess that all applies to this movie. I guess that's true. Actually, if you think about it, there's not a lot of grass in this movie, but yeah, sure. Not a lot of grass. Well, you know who eats grass. I Thing. Do elephants eat grass? I don't know if elephants eat grass. Actually, Bruce Perky just got signed off. I don't know why. Maybe it's my. I'm not signed off. I'm still you, here. You're still my here. Camera went off. Oh, my camera went off. There are things that go off now at 51 that I don't know that goes off. At least. Oh, and then Bruce went off again. See, Bruce is a little bit bit of my senior. He's going. My uh, stupid camera is not wanting oh. to stay on today. No, no worries. No worries. Do you no need worries. the brand new iPhone camera? No, no, no. My not. My iPhone is not so brand new. It's like an I, iPhone 12. Eric Holmes, what do you got? What's the elephant in the room that you to tell, talk to us about this week. The elf in the room is uh, there's six of them. It's a recording mm. company, and it's a documentary about them. So oh. cool about that it as well. Opens on Friday. Is it one of these things that opens on Friday? So a documentary that opens on Friday. Yes, it is. Okay, and I yes. will pull that up for later. Pull it up for later. Eric Holmes, do your homework. You've been you. You know what? Eric Holmes has been doing more than his homework. He's been doing a lot of interviews. Eric Holmes this week for Find Your Film and our deepestdream.com website. What have you been? Who have you been interviewing within the last week? Last seven days. I got an interview with the director for uh, Elephant Six Recording, and I got uh, the director of Lost. Uh, Angel, the genius of Judy Sill, mm-hmm. and that's uh, something we will cover for next week as well. Mm, Judy Sill, and, who's Judy Sill? Uh, she's a, uh, you know what? We'll talk about that next week. She's a, uh, she's a folk singer, but I there's there's some stuff about her life that you don't normally see in a uh, music documentary. We'll just put it that way. If you don't already know who she is and you don't already know her story, the less knowing about her going in, the better. Okay, she, she's a folk singer from I guess the early to mid seventies. Linda Ronstadt, Jackson Brown, I guess the Eagles, that kind of era of singer songwriters, folk musicians. Maybe I'm, I'm thinking Laurel Canyon, Los Angeles. I'm guessing. She might be an LA-based artist. I just spoiled it for Eric Holmes, but I'm giving you guys guys a little primer or primer for next week's documentary, which Eric covered. I guess Eric Holmes, you interviewed the director behind this documentary, the Judy Seal documentary. Yeah, yeah, okay. we did uh, did that, and uh, the uh, there very, you go. Sorry, sorry, my brain's all over the place. Right <laughs> Why is your brain all over the place? And you, you sound different. Who took Eric Holmes' uh, voice box this week? Are you are you doing like a deep film noir kind of I'm Eric Holmes kind of voice? What's going on? Yeah, you should try that and see how that works. Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> cold? You got a cold there, Eric? I, I don't know what I got. My my throat feels weird. 
My head mm. feels weirder. Oh, um, okay. Okay. Well, here's the good news. After reviewing Paradise City, your head probably be, will feel really wonderful because you know what? Quirky. That's yep. it. I think that's, that's it. it. <laughs> that's it. And then Bruce has done extra. Speaking of extra credit, Eric Holmes did extra interviews this week for Find Your Film for GeekersDream.com. Bruce Perky did some extra credit work regarding what are some of the extra movies you're going to give us this week as far as whether we should watch it or not, Bruce. I've got Mandrake, a brand new release on Shudder. I think it's coming out tomorrow, if I remember correctly. It's this week. And um, I've also got Weird, the Al Yankovic story. And I believe that Eric's going to hop on that one with me. And then I've got uh, Don't Worry Darling, which uh, was all the buzz, like, what, two months ago, and now is on HBO Max. So I thought, "Eh, you know, it's on HBO Max. It's free. Let's go check it out. And I could be completely wrong. I believe there's a movie from Zhang Yimou, director Zhang Yimou, that Bruce Perky will be pulling out of, not pulling out of the box, reviewing as his box movie of the week. I could be wrong. I don't know if this movie was actually directed by Zhang Yimou. I'm trusting my years of knowledge as a film journalist, which probably to this day at my age and my early senility amounts to nothing. But we'll, we're going to have some really good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, Bruce or Eric, can you guys talk about the whole Patreon thing? You guys just jumped on board. Bruce, what do you think? Are you jumping on board? You and you and Eric, cinematics, what do you think? We're jumping on board. Uh, yes, we're going to try to add uh, lots of interesting and new content over the next few months into the cinematics uh, Patreon and, and attract other people into the fold and give them all kinds of new and interesting things to add to their life that they might enjoy. We have actually not fully nailed down what we're going to do yet. So we will definitely take any suggestions from the listeners out there of what you'd like to have happen. And maybe we'll make that happen. Eric Holmes would like to have happen. He's more of a hang guy. He's more of a a people guy. He was throwing me some ideas about maybe hanging out with uh, said celebrities or actors like Kyle Gallner or filmmakers who's, who's a lose a flower of evil. Juan Diego Escobar's Alzate. I'm sure Bruce and Eric want to do that. I told Eric, I said off the record, I'm just going to put on the record right now. I said, Eric, I hate people. I will only deal with you and Bruce and Anderson on a given week because I have too much stuff to edit and I don't want to talk to people. Only on this podcast, Bruce. Are you okay with me just pretending to talk to people and be social? Eric, are you okay with that too? What do you guys I think? I think what we should have is we should have these things called Greg Hackins, where we basically hack into Greg's cameras whenever <laughs> in his house or wherever he's at. And we just we just all enjoy it together and talk what? about it. Speaking of hacking into cameras, look, look at Bruce Burke. He's he learned he's gets he's getting all these life lessons from the movies we're covering every week. That is a life life lesson learned in this movie we're going to be covering called The Friendship Game. Look at Bruce Sparky <laughs> with all these really interesting things. Eric Holmes, did you learn from The Friendship Game that you can just hack into people's camera and just, what, spy on them? Did you learn that from The Friendship Game or did you already know that from years on end? Oh, yeah, I, I knew how to do that. That's how it's, uh, I, I would often uh, break into your computer and just watch you look at these screeners just sipping on your uh, Stella going, oh, the lensing on this is fantastic. <laughs> the lensing. <laughs> the, the lensing on this is fantastic. That is as a reference shots fired to andrew anderson cowan or andrew cowan from the from the film vault he said that i use the word i'm so pretentious sometimes in my reviews that i use the word lensing way too much and i unfortunately i do agree with him in in all in all fairness anderson cowan did uh, offer me a couple and said he apologized for actually criticizing me for that playfully so but yes i think lensing I don't know. Eric Holmes, lensing. A little bit pompous when you say that? When, when, when someone um, says lensing? You know, you do need lenses on the camera. So it sounds Thank better you, than Eric. camera <laughs> Thank you, Dude, Eric. They camera the shit out of this movie. That Thank you. Weird. 
Thank you. See, Anderson, you got to listen to Eric Holmes. What do you think, Bruce? Like, for example, last week I was Vaseline lensing my camera. Can I, can I say that? Is that, is that okay, Bruce? Is that pretentious? I think you just that... need to add to it, like how the film was microphoned and maybe how it, <laughs> how it was gaffed. I mean, come on, let's go all out. I would go all out. That's why I, I do stupid things like French New Wave. I call it the, I think I think recently during an interview, I said French Nouvelle Vogue. So I heard that. Uh, you heard I that. I was like, what is that? Oh, what? wow. It's above my pay grade. I can't remember. You know, what that is. you said, what is that? The answer is Greg trying to be pretentious. So that's and, and, and ending up sounding like an idiot. Now, Patreon. We have some good stuff. Bruce alluded to that he and Eric Holmes are working, brainstorming on things to add to the $5 a month catch-all tier for our Cinematics Patreon members. I'll tell you one thing. Me and Anderson, we do a bonus episode. We spotlight a year in cinema every month. This month in November, we're spotlighting the year 1989. And I personally, since I don't like people and I like to stay in my little cubbyhole editing and releasing video, uploading it to our channel, our YouTube channel and our websites, I am using our Patreon feed as a curation for all of our spoiler content. We have right now, as we speak, I just posted up my interview with, not the full interview with Kyle Gallner. I asked Kyle Gallner about the ending of Smile, which hopefully, unfortunately, Eric Holmes actually checked it out. And he was, yeah, and, and Bruce Perky did not, thank, thank goodness, because I really love Smile. But you know what? I have a feeling that even though Eric Holmes has checked out, it wasn't a bad bad spoiler with Kyle, right? When you watched, you didn't understand what was going on, right? No, you guys thought, like, I could tell in the interview that you guys knew what you were talking about. And I was just like, because I hadn't seen, I haven't seen Smile yet. But uh, as you guys were talking about the ending, I was like, well, that'll probably make sense once I watch the movie, but I have no idea what you're talking about at the moment. Fair enough, Eric. Fair enough. So, so far within the last week, I posted up spoilers on Smile from Kyle Gallner. I interviewed the director, Lorcan Finnegan, for this movie called Nocebo, which I really wanted Eric and Bruce to see it. Not their fault. I requested a screener. They still haven't seen it yet. My bad on that. We have spoilers on our, on our uh, Cinematics Patreon regarding Nocebo, and we're going to have some more spoilers today because after we're done recording this, we're going to do a quick, maybe three to four minute spoiler on Paradise City. You know why? Because I interviewed Chuck Russell and he also talked about the ending, which Bruce Berkey, you saw the interview with Chuck Russell. Was he a little bit vague or French Nouvelle Vogue regarding the ending of Paradise City? What do you well, think? Well, it was more like you started to say something. He said, no, don't do that. And he made you change it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He did say that to me and I did. The, that was understandable, but I think it'll add to our spoilerific discussion on Paradise City. It'll be a quick in and out as as one would say regarding paradise city but if you yes yes eric you can smile because i've heard that said to me many a time paradise city opens friday we're going to be talking about that after recording so we're going to review it as well let's start off with something that i have no idea about i want to take a, a break because i'm going 100 miles a minute i'm going really fast with my with my verbiage i want to slow it down a little bit i want to get into the elephant six recording company i don't even know what this is eric holmes did interviews for this so eric what is the elephant six recording company or co about should people watch it well uh elephant six recording company is a music doc uh directed by chad stockliffe and i actually did the the interview with the uh producer of this one i was supposed to do one with uh chad stockliffe the other day but the the day of the interview, I got an email saying, uh, Chad Stafflis, wife just went into labor, not doing the interview today. We'll get the interview with the producer tomorrow. So I actually talked with uh, uh, Rob Hatch Miller, the producer, about it. And that was that was fun. But it was also kind of fun news. It's like, oh, wow, he, had, he has two babies out in the world uh, today. But uh, Elephant Six Recording Company is a... Um, 
an art collective, a music collective. It's got uh, Olivia Tremor Control, Apples and Stereo, Neutral Milk Hotel. Uh, they're kind of like a experimental, psychedelic, kind of folk and poppy kind of music. And it's just kind of, it's kind of just a basic, uh, basic music doc who these guys are how they operate uh so you get to kind of see how they approach music in different ways how they uh use experimental music or experimental music ideas and put them into uh regular pop music and psychedelic music and i thought it you know the the characters or the uh people in the elephant six recording company are fun enough characters to spend some time with and hang out with at the same time this is uh this is something i might recommend to brian and not to anderson um this is brian bishop from the film vault not to yeah. anderson count why not to anderson count why would you not recommend it anderson hates music docs or is just at least seems to be annoyed by them and i don't think there's enough here to bring him in but I think anyone that's interested in like the bands that are part of Elephant Six Recording Company or into music docs in general, I think they would have some fun with this. I think some uh, people that are into kind of experimental music, okay. no, like uh, uh, someone that's into how the experimental aspects of music, and like they they get they get pretty pretty crazy with how they put their uh, put their music together. Anyone interested in that kind of thing, I think would like it. And anyone that just wants to hang out with some fun music people, I think would have fun with it as well. But okay. if you flat out hate music docs, it's not going to, this is not like the, the computer accent where computer accents and music doc, but it's, it's more about the technology of what they're doing um, and the process and what's they're going through that. This is just kind of more of a family story, I guess. But it's an art collective, so you're just hanging out with them for a Eric, bit. Eric, are you finding the push and pull of actually interviewing these people, whether it be producer, actor, writer, director, or screenwriter, and then reviewing their film in tandem? Are you feeling the conflict? You get to know them personally, and you're wondering about the review. Or are, or can you stay very distant and actually levy your review without any kind of prejudice? No, not really. I, I haven't come across one I hated yet, so that's that's uh, I it, it hasn't really come up yet. It's a it's a slight in conflict of interest for me, Eric, because I hate every movie that I watch. So just yeah. FYI, just FYI on that, right? I, I, I would say I'm a sellout. I in, what I would say if I was in your position for a particular movie, we'll talk about today. Oh, well, don't that, don't that you dare! Came up. Oh, that word came up. Oh, don't you dare, Eric Holmes! <laughs> don't you volley that back at at me, Bruce? Have you ever had that conflict where you're interviewing someone and you hate their respective project or not? Because I think Bruce, eventually you're gonna come around, and when you have some a little bit of a little bit of leeway on that highway, you're gonna start doing these interviews again. But I think you've done them. The, actually, you were very smart in this. You would interview filmmakers or actors once you know you like their stuff right was that your was that your strategy before that was my modus operandi yes <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> i wouldn't go in there and have to be like oh you know i have to come up with those kind of vague terms you know like so how fascinating was it to work with this person in this situation you know just kind of say generic things without really you know saying what you thought of the film <laughs> so. oh you mean the way i do interviews bruce is I, that I what you're saying say that no i didn't say that at all <laughs> why are you shaking your head yes when you say that i don't know yes, hey, I eric, <laughs> eric next time i have an idea you and I, we watch a movie before Bruce. We don't even give him the link beforehand. And if it ends up being really horrible, you and I ask for all of the talent involved and we tell Bruce we really love the movie, but we can't make it. What do you think? What do you think, Eric? You think I, that's a good I idea? Like that. and, and throw Bruce to the wolves? What, you but, think? See, but see, you're asking me to hate a movie and I don't hate many movies that we watch. Like even, oh. even the bad ones, I usually find something good about them. 
Okay, fair enough. Fair but, enough. See, it would work really well if you did it the other way around because Bruce hates everything. Oh, Bruce, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? He's a huge fan of Tenet. Now, the Elephant Six Recording Company. Where where does it play? How what's the release date? And what is your rating um, on this documentary? Um, I would probably do three stars on this one. So I did I did one a long time ago about the Cog Factory, and I really liked that. But that's because I grew up and I knew pretty much everyone in the documentary and i was real familiar with the place but i don't know how it plays to people outside of that and so even though i wasn't familiar with the uh i, I knew of uh neutral milk hotel i ha- haven't heard of the other bands but they're all pretty much the same band they just flip around so i you know i liked it i thought it was enjoyable but i have no idea what you know uh what other people's uh reaction is going to be to this sort of thing but i think okay. three is about fair you know it's um enjoyable and i dug it but maybe you might not so i don't know okay and so it's playing in select theaters on friday starting for the elephant six recording company yes okay very cool so next up is a movie called the friendship game and i i got a call the other day the other uh week and bruce said hey you know what greg you're my friend and we gotta play a game let's play a game of we only will watch movies that are awesome Awesome, awesome. Like, okay, sure, Bruce, what is it? Maybe Lawrence of Arabia, Manchurian Candidate. I had a couple things. Why don't we do the the searchers, a a spotlight on John Ford, even though we don't do spotlights anymore? And he goes, No, Greg, I there's a movie called The Friendship Game. It looks really good. It looks kind of like <laughs> Hellraiser, but awesome. And I don't know if this conversation actually took place. It's directed by Scooter Corkle, who I recently interviewed. And I don't know. The Friendship Game centers on a bunch of friends. They play a game of friendship. Pittonless is the ringleader of this. She actually finds this at a yard sale, purchases it. They go to the house of one of the teenagers. Oh, by the way, all of these teenagers are leaving for their respective colleges or off to it's the summer after their senior year going into college. So will these friends stay together by the end of the summer? And if they don't, well, this actually this object that they received from from that garage sale or from that yard sale will actually possibly kill them. If the friends do not pass the friendship game, they will be killed. That is a premise of the friendship game. Bruce, I'm joking. What do you think of this movie so far? What did your, what were your thoughts on this film? Well, there's some good stuff and there's some stuff that didn't really work for me in this movie. We talk about the object. It's kind of like a, like a sphere that has like an inner sphere that sometimes will turn uh, right off. I like the fact that they really took a serious approach to it. They really take the characters seriously and they're, they're, they're actually trying to do a little more with this movie than just make it a, you know, I guess a genie in the bottle kind of movie, right? Where you, you make a wish and something, something bad happens to you because of your wish, which I think wish upon would be the really, really crazy bad version of that that happened a few years ago. So you kind of get the basic setup, these four characters, they do their little, like what's their innermost wish. They don't really know if anything much is going to happen from it. And then they all go to this party and then something happens to, um, and I just wrote down their names, Cotton, Zuza, Rob, and Court. Um, this is a very Zoomer crowd, which I think I alluded to when I mentioned this in uh, cinematics. Uh, I just put them down as Cotton's got purple hair, Zuza's got green hair, <laughs> Rob's got the bowl cut. You know, you can just kind of give them uh, hair descriptions. Uh, they go to the party and then 
this party in the aftermath based on each character. We kind of will do flashbacks and now we're going to see it from the next character's point of view and how they've been affected by the wish. And you kind of do that over and over again. And all of that is kind of a, it's a pretty cool little setup, I think, for a, a movie. I guess where my problem arises is that I didn't feel like it quite went anywhere. And I really got, this is a movie where I really need to know the rules, right? I need to know, you, I mean, you had a little bit of misexposition when they got the object. I almost needed that to be really overt. I need to be like, if you wish upon this and do the wrong thing, this is what will happen to you. Beware, you know, that kind of a thing. And they kind of did a little bit. I, I mean, I really needed to know what it meant in this movie. And I felt very confused throughout a lot of it. That being said, I really appreciated the actor. And I did not write down the actor's name that played Zuza. I think the the lead Zuza, uh, that that actor, I think that person uh, was very charismatic. And I think I could see them in other roles, like really doing a great job. But for me, this kind of fell, fell short. Well, short for you. Did yeah. the friendship game, Eric Holmes, did the friendship game fall short for you? I kind of like this one. This was, uh, this also may have been a matter of uh, lowered expectations going in. <laughs> Thanks to Bruce. But also, so I started watching it. And the first thing I noticed was uh, Brennan Meyer. Um, Cause I'm a big fan of him on the schmo down and he was also the boy in color out of space. So every time, every time he shows up, I I'm always, I'm always digging it. Uh, but this felt like a uh, kind of like one of those Blumhouse movies that like uh, you watch on, you know, you watch a commercial and it's like, uh, this looks like it's going to fucking suck. And then you watch it and it's like, I was a little better than I thought it was going to be. So I, I was kind of a lot more high on this than Bruce was. But again, you know, lower expectations going in, I think helped a lot. Um, there was, uh, uh, like Bruce mentioned, there was, uh, they go deeper into uh, some of the stuff than you think they would otherwise. I also agree with them that some of it's confusing, but I just kind of rolled with that. I just figured that was just kind of part of the part of what it was. But overall, I dug the friendship game. Same thing. I dug it. It was oblique to Bruce's point. Very oblique film. It's confusing at points, especially regarding the wrap up. I actually interviewed Scooter Coracle, Eric, and I think Bruce, you've seen the interview with Scooter where he talks about his interpretation of the ending. We're going to have that on our Patreon feed as well. I thought it was really just, uh, maybe I read into, into it too much. I Maybe I had, I was in my fields when I watched the friendship game, but I really like the idea of, you know, these are, people are not going to, people who are really close friends in high school and they start by playing this game, they start to realize various things about th- that other person, or maybe not. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's who knows what it is. There's a lot of different interpretations you can have regarding the friendship game. Is it a slasher movie? No. Yes, Eric. I was going to say, if a, if a crazy old lady at a garage sale hands you a, a <laughs> souped up ape, magic eight ball and says, yeah, play it with your true friends, but make sure you're their true friends. Or you're all going to die. Usually just a good idea to walk away from that. I'm just, I'm just speaking for me personally. Very good. That's yeah, when you yes. go to the antique shop where they sell mogwai instead. That's what you got to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then there you feed go. it. You get it wet, feed it them after midnight, and you got, you got drinking buddies. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, the French game, it worked for me. I, I really liked the thematic stuff behind it. And I really enjoyed the way it wrapped up. And what's interesting about the way it wrapped up, to Bruce's point, some people may be confused or not, not, not that Bruce is confused, but some people may be irritated that everything isn't spelled out for them. But if you roll with it, like Eric does, and I did, you might find some value in the friendship game. So for me, I enjoyed it. I like the friendships. I think Bruce, the, that person you were mentioning, I think, is that the main character in the movie? Peyton List. She's very good. 
Yeah. She's she's very yeah, she's yeah, Painless. She's a she's a regular on that Netflix series, Cobra Kai. She's a fantastic actress. And like and Eric Holmes said he's a fan of Brendan Mayer, right? Meyer, Meyer. Yeah. And yeah, the, the ensemble, they're good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed speaking with Scooter Corkle. I for me, the friendship game, three and a half out of five in theaters on digital on demand Friday, November eleventh. Bruce Berkey, your rating. Uh unfortunately I'd probably go two stars. I'm sorry two, to say. What did you say? Four stars? Okay, four uh, two stars. <laughs> yes. Two stars for Bruce Berkey. Four stars divided by two. Divided by two, which is two stars for Bruce Berkey for the Friendship Game. Friendship Game, what is what about you, Eric Holmes? Your rating? Uh this is probably normally would be three stars, but uh I can give it the uh since Brendan Myers half of the uh Schmodown uh teams champion uh Shazam. I'm going to give it that extra half star bump for that fair or not. It's happening. So I'm going three and a half <laughs> fair or not. It's <laughs> happening with the friendship game. Three and a half stars for me and Eric and four stars, AKA four divided by two, two stars for Bruce Perky for the friendship game. What's up listeners. Force five is a show about movie related top five lists hosted by me, blacklist screenwriter and ex video store cinephile, Jason Kleberg. I have a new guest on each week and the guest gets to pick the topic. Past guests have included film directors, screenwriters, actors, critics, comedians, rappers, artists, and other podcasters. Love or hate our picks, you're guaranteed to walk away thinking, what would be on my list? Search Force 5 wherever you get your pods or head to force5podcast.com. Now, take me down to a place where they make really, really great movies starring movie actors like John Travolta, Bruce Willis, old Henry star Stefan. I'm kidding. Steven Dorff, Priya Lundberg, who I recently interviewed, and Blake Jenner. What do you get? You get Paradise City, a Maui set action thriller centering on a bounty hunter who at the beginning of the movie is played by he's played by Bruce Willis. You see him? He has a captive. He is, well, he's snuffed out in the beginning of the movie. That's not a spoiler. He's killed in the beginning of the movie. And what happens? His son, played by Blake Jenner, goes to Maui to try to find out what happened to his dad. And the person who has a key to figure out what happened to his dad is his father's former partner, played by Stephen Dorff. Priya Lundberg also stars as a local detective cop who helps them on their mission to find out what happened to dear old dad. And John Travolta, who previously starred with Paradise City Chuck Russell's um, film, I Am Wrath. They worked together in the 2016 movie, I Am Wrath. They are reunited. John Travolta, this time, is not a good guy. He is the bad guy. He's the main baddie behind Paradise City. He gets to chew a lot of scenery. Yeah, he's all over the place in this movie. I like that part of the movie. And yeah, Bruce Willis, he's in this as well, like I said. And I had a good time watching this movie. And I apologize to Eric and Bruce. This is just one of these things that are catnip to me when I see when I see these a-list actors who are not opening movie th- movie theaters anymore on our local Cineplex. I like it's maybe it's memory, and I see guys like Chuck Russell from Ara- the director behind The Mask and Eraser. I'm all or the Scorpion King. I'm all over it. I had a good time watching this action thriller. So for me, it's an upscale. I I just had a great time. I had a great time watching this movie. Now, did Eric and Bruce have a great time watching Paradise City? Well, we're going to talk about the ending in a little bit after we're done with the show. Let's not talk about the ending. Let's talk about the actual quality of the movie. I, I love the quality. Eric Holmes, is this movie low quality or high quality? Great steak or a, um, a chicken McNugget? What do you think? Oh, I like nuggets. I, I, nuggets. I'm confused. Do you want to know if it's a good movie or do you want to know if I had a good time watching it? Because you'll oh. get two completely different answers. Okay. A, did you have a good time watching it? Yes. Yes, I All did. Right. Is this a good movie? <laughs> I had a great time watching this. 
Okay, is it a great, good movie? Great movie? No, 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 no. Not wait, wait, hold on, wait, better than Citizen Kane? What? 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 No. <laughs> oh, okay, no. Okay, well, how dare you? Rosebud is in um, Maui. Yeah. First of all, first of all, I love Chuck Russell. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Three Dream Warriors, The Blob, The Mask, Eraser. Um, wasn't big fan of Scorpion King, but you know it, it, it had its things, and so. Um, I'm thinking, oh wow, Paradise City's got uh, it's got Stephen Dorff, who we just saw in Old Henry. Which, holy crap! If you haven't seen Old Henry yet, what are you doing? Yep, <clears throat> not listening to us. They're not listening to us. Apparently, about and yeah. you know that's fine. Uh, you got John Travolta, which I don't know what the fuck John Travolta was doing, but I was there for it. <laughs> was like, he was acting his ass off, Eric. I, I think he's masterclass. He's what? inventing. I, I, I don't know what, like Bruce said, is like, what even is his accent? And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see this. And I put it in. And I'm like, yeah, what is that? Did he like invent <laughs> his own country and just make up accents for it? <laughs> but uh, Stephen Dorff's awesome in this. I, I love yes. Stephen Dorff. I love watching John Travolta just be fucking straight ass bonkers character. Bruce Can we say Willis, more though? Stephen Dorff, we needed a little bit more Stephen Dorff in this movie. Just a little bit more, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Willis seemed relatively lucid through most of this, which, you know, yes. that was the thing I was most worried about because, you know, we, we've been watching a lot of Bruce Willis movies lately and then couldn't figure out why he's just sleepwalking through all the roles and then find out that he's got this fucking horrible uh, right. medical Aphasia. thing. Yeah, aphasia. And so it's like, oh, okay, that totally makes sense. But he's actually kind of, he seems a little more with it with this one as compared to other ones we've seen him recently. So that was good. The writing in this is absolutely terrible. And I found out that uh, three writers, so Chuck Russell is credited as a writer, but you also have Edward Drake and Corey Large. I think Corey Large, I think this started as Corey Large's project, at least according to Wikipedia, you know. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not, but it feels true based on the movie that I just saw. But uh, he's been working on this since like, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And, uh, oh, it'd be great to get John Travolta and Bruce Willis in a movie together again. So that's the premise of the movie. Well, that's not a story. That's not even should be a premise for a movie. That's a uh, premise for a marketing uh, campaign. It's premise for maybe a movie poster, but that's like, if, if that's all you're going on, if they've been working on it for this long, I don't know why the story is this broken and just convoluted. And like that, that now we're getting less away from the fun stuff and more into the, uh, I don't know why they looked at the script and go, yep, this is the one we're going to do today. I mean, you got Bruce Willis, you got John Travolta, Stephen Dorff, you got Chuck Russell. You have all this talent together. I believe what I found online, it looked as if they spent $20 million on this. 20 million, yeah. Why is why, why is it so, I, I, why guys, is it so awesome? I, I, no, I, I'm, I'm, in two, I'm in two writers groups. I'm not even I'm not even pimping myself out here. Take me off the table. If you need a script and you need a good script, I know people that have them. I've read them. They're great. And there there's people I don't know that write like there's good scripts out there. Why do this one? And then if the script was good, why'd you fuck it up? Just, there's so much stuff in this movie that just doesn't make sense. Like the the they go to the Hawaiian tribe and it's like, uh, oh, are you uh, Ian Swan's son? He's like, yes. Well, we're going to need to see proof. He's like, yeah, I got ID. No, not proof like this. And then they get to a Hawaiian guy. It's like, 
Ononololei or what you know, whatever made up uh, Hawaiian language he's speaking. It, it's got to be made up, right? That he wasn't actually speaking Hawaiian. Maybe. And then so they go in the room, do some magic witch doctor thing, and then all of a sudden he speaks perfect English. I'm like, I don't understand what's going on in the scene. Oh, that that would. I mean, be a that, spoiler, that's but... it. In all fairness, that scene we can't. We that's a spoiler. I mean, not that well, not that no, scene itself. No, what happens at, at the end after. of that scene is a spoiler. Yeah. Um, uh, stuff with Stephen Dorff is fun, but. Yeah, all that's do. Oh, the opening scene, the first like first couple minutes, you see one character dragging another character, and it's uh, it's you know, it's framed like this the whole time. Oh, oh, and then we're on the top of the thing, and it's like they're they're just <laughs> obviously hiding their faces. And I'm like, oh, that must be John Travolta and Bruce Willis, and then all of a sudden the camera goes up. Oh, it is Bruce Willis. I had no idea that you were hiding their faces on purpose because I would recognize them so completely. Uh, had, like, th- th- actually, that's that's probably more of a direction thing, unless of a uh, less of a maybe it's in the screenplay. I I don't know. There's a, there's just stuff about this movie that's just so completely stupid. They're playing pool. I sent I, I sent <laughs> you guys a screen cap of this. Yes, yeah. guys playing pool. And he's lining up his shot, but there's no ball there, and he hits it, and then it cuts to him, a close-up of him hitting the pool cue. Now, I know I know. With uh, sometimes you can't do things in a movie, movie because of a budget, but you have a pool table there, and you have balls on the pool table. <laughs> Put a cue ball in front of the pool cue that you're going to aim for. <laughs> but it wasn't in the script. It didn't say that. So it didn't know it didn't do. <laughs> you and, can't expect actors to assume. Come on now. <laughs> the, the, this works with, uh, this works with like the end of uh, Sagasu. They're playing ping pong. They're playing with the ping pong ball. And then the ping pong ball drops. And then they start playing ping pong without a ball, but with the sound. But it's obvious that they're doing that. The, the stuff I'm describing is like more mistakes and mistakes that didn't really need to happen. Because... Would, would, if you're an actor, wouldn't that feel wrong that you're aiming for a ball that isn't there? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give some of this to Bruce, but this, this isn't. <laughs> Eric loves this movie so much. <laughs> no, my this gosh. Is, this is not a good movie, but at the same time, there were so many just weird fucking decisions that just blew my mind. The story was oh oh the uh the porn actors like all of them that aren't Stephen Dorff John Travolta and Bruce Willis I believe all of them oh hi hi Swan oh hi, how's it going I'm a detective and the blah 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 I'm like it's just on fire God you are not a detective oh fuck yeah I, yeah I want I want to hear what Bruce has to say <laughs> but uh I, I the weird thing is I wanted to like this so much and I kind of did but this is not a good movie. Mm. Bruce, your take on Paradise City? Um, well, this might be the best Avatar movie to come out this year. That's all. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I when it got to Paradise City, I was like, oh boy, this is going to be three star bangers. I I I was laughing so hard, and I was really happy when it got to Paradise City. It didn't stay there long enough. I really wanted more Paradise City because what they did was so go- <laughs> so goofy and was such a weird choice that um uh, I thought it was going to go fully into that world and and really go hard on that, and they didn't. Unfortunately, it kind of stayed in that uh, standard action territory, but. That being said, overall, I had fun with this movie. I honestly did. I yeah. didn't. I didn't hate myself. I'm, okay, 
I hate myself for having fun with this movie because it's terrible. <laughs> it was so goofy and so weird and so many things like, and like Eric says, exactly true. There's so many things that just don't make any sense and they're just wrongheaded. And it's like you said, a, I, I said stripper, stripper action movie instead of uh, porn actors, but it's kind of interchangeable. Like I was like, I literally wrote down in my notes. I said like, um, how long until the, the strip, joint shows up and it wasn't very long it showed up pretty quickly um yeah this is a silly movie so it just really kind of will give you back what you put into it i think if you're looking for a, a silly no-brainer uh has been actor action movie you might enjoy it you might have some fun with it it's not three-star banger not that it's not that good but it's uh it's okay i didn't i got more out of it than i thought i had very low expectations Bruce, it's good seeing you. Former <laughs> podcast co-hosts. We haven't seen each other in 10 years. Greg, who I also co-hosted a podcast way back when the day. I remember listening to you in cinematics. You may wonder why I'm telling you things you already know. Well, it's because the audience doesn't know. And we have to say it out loud <laughs> to each other. Right now. Um, I, I will also say uh, for any uh, uh, fans of the band Sworn Enemy, uh, Lorenzo Antonucci, uh, he played a uh, guitar for the hardcore band uh, Sworn Enemy. And he's in this as Scorpion. And he's also uh, one of the 4,800 uh, producers in this. <laughs> 4,800 producers. Yeah, that, yeah, this thing's broken through and through. But the, 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 <laughs> yeah, the, the more I'm thinking of it, it's like this is actually pretty. This might be this might be movie of the year to be. Honest. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest. I had a good time watching this movie. I remember Chuck Russell in the interview said, "I make movies to entertain people," and based he on did it, I was he nailed it. I was totally entertained. A lot of the stuff is just defies logic. I liked seeing Travolta and Willis from their. Pulp Fiction, look who's talking days. Who knows? Bruce said has been. Look, they're older. It's great to see them in a showdown. I Look, even though th these are going to be the final movies that we're going to see Bruce Willis in, I liked watching him go toe-to-toe go -to -toe with John Travolta. I love Stephen Dorff. I like that that girl is a detective. Uh, you know, even though whether she's a detective or not, she can kick. Did she she showed she has Muay Thai? It was, she she shows she can kick. I I like Brian Lundenberg. I had a good time. This is one of these things. Turn your brain off. Have a good time in a Chuck Russell movie in theaters, digital on demand on November 11th. I'm giving it actually not three star banger. I'm giving it five stars. I'm kidding. I'm giving it three and a half out of five stars. <laughs> I'm giving Paradise City three and a half out of five stars. Sorry guys. I. It's a solid recommend for me if the caveat is if you just want to be entertained and turn your brain off. And the, the final action sequence, which we'll be talking on our Patreon only, is spoiler stuff. It's pretty nonsensical. I still enjoyed it. I liked I loved it. I, you know, I love the missing pool ball, pool cue, whatever. <laughs> I, the cuts that don't make sense. I, I just, I would hook, line, and sinker. Three and a half for me. Bruce, you're rating for Paradise City. I'm going to give it three stars. I don't know why. I just Love am. It. I, I had more fun with Love this movie it. than I did with the other movie, even though the other movie's better. The The Friendship Game's a better movie, like probably in all counts, but I had less fun with it. Excellent. Eric, your rating on Paradise City. Five stars is a bold move. And I kind of want to go there just to confuse <laughs> people. Five, five just star, to, what just to troll the star rating system in general. You know what? Five stars. This thing. No, <laughs> no, no, no. What, it, what is your. <laughs> Uh, what this, is your honest? That, this stars? is actually probably like one star banger, really. 
Because <laughs> okay. one this, star. Yeah, yeah, we'll go one star banger on this. I, I, I kind of want to go three star banger. Oh no, because three star bangers like like yeah actually, yeah. Let's, some go three, to... let's go three star banger. Even though one star is probably more fitting. After um, after all that stuff you just said, Eric, you can go, you can go well, one then, star. Because this can, is levy. this is like not a good movie. But like, if someone's like, "Hey, you want to have some beers and watch this?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I do." Yeah, but I mean, right. it's it's not like uh, we're not going to talk about the uh, I, drink every time a stripper shows up. Oh, that, that I, oh, I, there's I, five. I, I, I would not dead. stop drinking. I would just be <laughs> chugging the entire time. I wouldn't be able to breathe. Yeah, let's go one star bang on this. Uh oh, one star banger. I, I, yeah, I, I think that one's the most fair because if it, this it's had like, Danzig, it, we would have got three star banger. But Dan, no Danzig. I'm sorry. Yeah, and that in like I I do like the scene with uh I do like the scene with uh Travolta and Bruce Willis. You know, the sitting down on the table and I'm eating my wagyu or whatever the fuck. Wagyu steak. Yeah, wagyu steak. You know, once we get uh, our 5 million downloads, we're going to start eating wagyu steaks. To forget bologna sandwiches and salami sandwiches. Wagyu all the way, baby, for Paradise City. Yeah. One star from Eric Holmes. He will learn soon enough. One, one star banger. Bruce, one, one star, star banger. banger. <laughs> I think it shouldn't be a one star banger. It should be a one star whimper. Bruce Perky, three stars. My goodness. I have no idea <laughs> And temporary I, insanity I, I just claim temporary, temporary insanity. insanity and i'm giving paradise city three and a half stars i i enjoyed the movie solid recommend hey there classmates tune in to middle class film class every monday and wednesday for weekly movie news streaming picks and one deep dive review the batman trailer there was a teaser there was a trailer trailer one trailer two final trailer i don't know if it's the same one how many trailers do we need exactly leave an email or a voicemail to join in the discussion bullshit artist uh, yeah, buddy. All right. Awesome. You're going full Danzig. Right, I am. My my transmute has no power over me. <laughs> <laughs> now, let us get to our final featured review, featured film for this week. That is a movie called Sam and Kate again. Dustin Hoffman. Where I haven't seen Dustin Hoffman in a movie for for a while. I'm sure maybe the Mayor Mayorowitz di- Diaries or Stories, whatever that was, maybe several years back. He was very good in that. He's good in this one. Sissy Spacek is also in this. They play respective. They're not. Uh, they're not a married couple. And this is one of these movies where you're. It's more centered on their kids. So Sissy Spacek's child is played by Skylar Fisk, her real life daughter, and Skylar Fisk's character Kate. She's been caregiving with for her mom for quite quite a long time. Her mom has a problem. She's her mom. Well, I don't even know. Bruce, should we say what her mom's problem is or is that giving up too much away? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I yeah, like I, even though there's clues, it doesn't really fully come out till later in the movie. All right. And let's, okay. I can say this. Dustin Hoffman plays an elderly man who's a frail health. He doesn't really have a good heart. He eats meat. He likes smoking cigars. He likes drinking now and again. Who doesn't? But he's elderly and he needs to actually, he needs a pacemaker. You know, he's not in the best of health. Let's just say that. And so he's being taken care of by his son, Sam, played by Jake Hoffman, the real life, real life son of Dustin Hoffman. That is the premise of the movie. Sam spies Kate one day at a local bookshop in their store, goes in, he starts trying to hit on her in this very ineffectual, self-effacing way, which is probably the kind of way I would do it with my horrible humor. I relate to Sam's humor, deadpan, drywood humor. But unfortunately, there's a failure to launch there. He doesn't immediately get into the good graces of Kate. She actually rebuffs him in a kind kind manner. In the, so it's sort of a meet. They're cute, but nothing's going to happen. But as the events unfold, Sam and Kate get to know each other vis-a-vis their parents getting to know each other, 
That is a premise of this movie that's written and directed by Darren Lee Gallo. And let me tell you something. I was not, I just wanted to see this movie just because we're thinking Sissy Spacek from Carrie, Sissy Spacek from Coal Miner's Daughter, Sissy Spacek from Badlands, Dustin Hoffman from, I was going to say Outbreak. I loved Outbreak too. Wolfgang Peterson, rest in peace. Tootsie, which I saw in 1982. Straight time. Love him in that. The Graduate. Who doesn't? So two legendary actors. That's the only reason why I wanted to see Sam and Kate and to fill up our weekly movie schedule. My goodness, was I surprised that Sam and Kate ended up being the best movie of the week. Actually, I wasn't too surprised because Bruce warned me about this a couple of weeks ago. And Eric Holmes is laughing because he's going to start one star banging Sam and Kate in a few seconds from now. <laughs> Before let, Let's uh, take a steer, a pole position, steer away from Eric Holmes. You know what? I'm going to go right into Eric Holmes right now with Sam and Kate. One star banger for this movie for you? Or what do you think? No, no, it's not one star banger. Um, first of all, I, I'm just a complete idiot. I thought Jake Hoffman and Dustin Hoffman's chemistry in this was really good together. <laughs> and uh, I was looking up Jake Hoffman. And I was like, oh, wow, him and Dustin Hoffman's been in a lot of movies together. And you said Jake Hoffman, son of Dustin Hoffman. I'm like, right. I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Did you know uh, Skylar? Did you know Skylar Fisk was the daughter of Sissy Spacek? Wilson Fisk, Kingpin from Marvel. Yes. Oh, wait, what? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't know Skylar Fisk was the daughter of Sissy Spacek as well? I did not you know like- that either. Okay, interesting. Oh wow, okay. that, yeah, that as a that's whole, a premise you know. of Sam and Kate. That's a nice little... I, I guess like Hoffman's like such a common name, like Philip Seymour Hoffman. I don't think was right. related to Dustin Hoffman. So sure, and that and Jake Hoffman looks so much like Jeremy Johns from YouTube that like I, I couldn't get Jeremy Johns out of my head the entire oh, time. Good, good point. And Skylar Fisk is does it's not Skylar Spacek yeah. or Sky. Yeah, you're you're not gonna know okay. that. Okay, you know. yeah, that's a that, that's that, the brand. That's kind of cool. That's kind of like uh, the Long yes. Riders. Like uh, they got yes. all the brothers mm-hmm. playing brothers in it. The um, Carradines. Yep. Yeah. The but th- this started off as kind of like a cute uh, rom-com. Uh, you know, the, the, the parents falling in love with each other and the kids falling in love with each other. Stuff with their past starts coming out. And that's what kind of tests both relationships. And it starts off cute. Gets kind of, gets kind of dramatic and uh, sad. And, you know, ends on, ends on pretty, pretty decent high note. Um, I would say Henry Thomas uh, plays a good stoner in this. And if you're watching it, uh, stay to the end of the credits because there's a little uh, there's a little tag at the end with him on there. It was kind of funny. Yeah, this was a this was not. It started off kind of being like one of those uh, uh, indie porn movies that I hate, but it kind of like it kind of got into something that I was kind of rolling with. Didn't know <laughs> didn't know that this was gonna like you said that this is the best one of the week so far, but. What a week it's been. <laughs> oh, yeah. Paradise City, one of the best Oh, no, movies. no. This is not the best one of the week. We haven't talked about that yet. But oh. th- th- but th- this one's definitely a recommend. Probably around the three-star area still. Probably three and a half. But it's still it, it's still a recommend for sure. This movie is checks in. It's rated R. Checks in at, at 110 minutes. Bruce Perky was the 110 minutes well-earned. Could it have been cut shorter? Your overall thoughts on this movie? No, I think it was well-earned. I, I really enjoyed this. And I was surprised by how much I would enjoyed this. I thought at first, I thought, oh, this is just paint by numbers, dad, mom movie kind of movie, you know, those kind of, well, basically just like what Eric said, you know, where it's just one of those movies where it's like, they're going to meet cute. And then there's going to be kind of a meet cute between their parents. And there's going to be kind of this idea that they're both going to kind of fall in love. And, and let's just say that the paths of both 
sets of relationships doesn't go quite where you think it's going to go. And I really appreciated that. And I appreciated how it, it, it went for more subtle, uh, I guess, conclusions to the different relationships than it, it would normally go in this kind of movie. I think it, it let it be much more sub, uh, I don't know. I guess subtle is the best word for it. It just didn't go for the big emotional beats that you would think. And for me, it actually had more of an emotional impact because of that. I, I really, and I really liked the characters too. And I know we talked about the obvious chemistry because of, you know, parents and, and kids, you know, acting together, but they all do a great job. And there's a song at one point in the movie that uh, really got me and the the way it was, where it was placed and how it was placed. And when it happened was, I thought just, perfect and i know that was there for that reason i just ended up loving these characters and this is one of those kind of movies if you really kind of fall in love with the characters you'll be along for the ride and it will be a very very satisfying i think experience if you're not really into them as much then it might be just an okay experience but i kind of doubt anyone's going to hate this movie unless you just are an inhuman monster i don't know greg maybe you didn't like this movie. <laughs> yeah, i am an inhuman monster i um, am i am but I, I really like this, and I started comparing it to, to to driveways. I don't think it's quite the same as driveways as far as the way it hits. But I think it is. I think if you love driveways, I think you'll love this movie, and I think you'll love them for similar reason. That is that you get some really lived in characters at, that you're allowed to really just sit with and experience a portion of their lives and allow yourself to get involved in and i think it's i think it's a really good movie yeah it felt like a very subtle film too in a, in a way because you're talking about just the way the story was told jake yeah. hoffman and skylar fist they felt like i don't know who they are as people they felt like they were playing each other they were they're playing it themselves they, they they felt like normal people in a small town small city trying to get along with their lives and i thought the ending was fantastic the way and and very well done and it actually punched up the whole narrative a bit and there's something that happens towards the third act as well. And the way that's played out in a very unexpected fashion, you think if it actually played out in an expected fashion, you'd say, okay, well, that's, I get that. I saw that coming a mile away. There's something that you're going to see and you go, you're going to think, you're going to think to yourself, well, wow, they handled that in a real life manner. That's the way they handled that in the movie is the way most, most things shake down in our respective lives, unfortunately. So I really, I'm really high on this movie. <laughs> and this is one of those movies that if I actually had the Blu-ray or DVD, I would continue to watch the final 10 minutes of the film. Okay. So it's one of those type of, and to Eric's point, Henry Thomas is very good in this movie in these little, I, I want a little bit more of him, but I, I might even just go back on my Blu-ray or DVD if I ever buy it and just watch his sequences, which are pretty funny. So there are some really good moments. So for me, I'm pretty high on this. I'm giving this movie four stars, four out of five stars for wonderful, wonderful film, Sam and Kate. Eric Holmes, your rating. Yeah, I'm going to go three and a half on this one. Um, I think if they could have got to the uh, to the end quicker, um, the, the it's basically the first half is what I was, what I was struggling with. Uh, but once it got into the uh, stuff that we didn't want to spoil, I think that's where I think that's where the the movie started picking up for me. Um when uh yeah. Uh but as it is, I I still like I liked where it ended up and so I'll go three and a half. Yeah, um, for me it was a four, maybe with even room to grow with repeated viewings. Bruce, your rating on Sam and Kate. I'm right with you. I'm four stars on this, and I think this is one of those movies that if you like 
really solid romance movies. And I can see this being a movie that really fits into the Christmas season too. Like it's not a Christmas movie, but yeah, it feels like it feels like fall and it feels like family and it feels like like real relationships and just kind of I could see people kind of sinking into this when they're in that mood and really enjoying this movie. And to your point, there is a song in the film where might as well just say it right now. There's a song from Skylar Fisk. It's you can actually watch, listen to it right now on Spotify. I mean, look, support Skylar Fisk's music. It's called the movie is called the, not the movie. The song is called life after it's a really well done song, whether or not you watch this movie, which is in theaters, November 11th, or maybe when it down the road, when it's hit streaming or DVD or digital, check out life after right now because it's so out right now yes that that was actually her singing it then that's her singing it that she that created is a good that song I, I i did like that song a lot yeah she created that song specifically for the film okay yeah. so yeah and i, I believe that uh, henry thomas created the song specifically for <laughs> i think you're right <laughs> <laughs> okay so that is sam, sam and kate that is four stars for me and bruce three and a half stars for eric again the only it's in theaters November 11th. If you look, I remember, Bruce, don't you remember those days in the early 80s, mid 80s, late 80s, when relationship movies would actually be playing on a Friday and we, or we could watch it on the weekends? These Woody Allen type movies that would come yep. out and instead of streaming. And I'm glad this movie is actually coming out in theaters. And I, I believe it's worth a watch on November 11th. I don't even know where this movie was shot. I really like the town they were into. I, I have no idea. But uh, yeah, Sam and Kate. Well, and when it hits digital and, and on demand, we're going to make sure. That people know, especially specifically when this film is coming out. So that is our featured reviews. Let's do a quick lightning round regarding our recommends. Let's start off with the best biopic ever made. Weird, the what is it? The Weird Al Yankovic story. Bruce, you and Eric have a quick review on the Roku channel. I think you need to have a Roku on top of your head to watch it. What, what's this about? Weird. What is weird about? And, and tell us why it's uh, worth watching. Well, you just saw uh, the Roku. You just download the app on yep. whatever you want to download it on. I uh, give them your, uh, you put in a email address and a password and now you have it. And nice. now, you, now you can watch it. You have to watch it with uh, ads, which kind of sucks, but yeah, it was super easy to get into. And unlike uh, most uh, streaming services, you don't have to, you don't get the 30 days free, but give them your credit card and hope that you cancel it later. They, they, at least on my end, I, they didn't even ask for a credit card. It was just a uh, email address and uh, make up a password. And okay, so th- I would this say is- it's pretty easy to get into, and you watch weird for free. And I think I'm assuming a lot of people listening probably that want to watch it have already watched it, but if you haven't, holy crap! You know what? This now that I'm thinking of it, this movie might make me bump up Paradise City to a five star banger <laughs> as long as you double feature it with weird the Al Yankovic story because uh, weird does get just that. It's a uh, it's a total parody on. Uh, just biopics in general. It starts off like uh, doing the regular tropes of a biopic. And as it goes on, like the the facts start getting really like they're starting to play fast and loose with the facts until like the last half where it's just completely like just complete fantasy bonkers. And uh, basically it turns into Paradise City in the last third of the movie. <laughs> yeah. But this is I I I love how this is a parody on because uh, it's, it's kind of like Walk Hard, but I think this even goes a little a little more ridiculous than Walk Hard, which is kind of saying something. And the fact that uh, Walk Hard is based on you know it's made up characters, but kind of you know uh, loosely based on other biopics and parodying that. I I think this one works um, in a different way since Weird Al is an actual person, right? And so. You can kind of pick up on the ridiculous, 
ridiculousness, it's got a different context uh, when played in this movie. Um, well, and you also have think about it this way: like you've got Weird Al as a real, real person that we has a real history, and all of the artists that he interacted with have real histories that we kind of all know. So that's how I think it works different than Walk Hard too. Is that you have all of these real characters being real people that actually existed together at the same time, but then just making up a totally ludicrous version of that history. Very, yeah. very cool. So this, I know you really love this, Bruce, just like Eric. What is your rating on Weird the Al Yankovic story currently streaming on the Roku channel? This is easily the best comedy I've seen this year. I don't know if there's going to be a better one or if there's one I just missed. This is my favorite comedy of the year so far, easily. This is a four and a half stars. Four and a half out of five. And were you laughing out loud audibly just because of the how funny it was yeah I, I i laughed tons in this movie uh and my wife watched it with me she doesn't generally like to watch any of these and she liked it quite a bit too and that's not really her thing normally i think this is a really 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 solid comedy and once again reiterate you do not have to have a roku to watch this you can just go to your computer right now and type in like if you go to just watch and you look it up and you click on it, it'll just go there. And you don't have to even put your email in, I don't think. I think you just click and it goes. So you can do it on, uh, we have it on a Fire Stick app. Okay. So there you go. Right. I guess that's what Bruce Brookie is saying. Hashtag piracy. Let's move forward. Weird. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Eric Holmes, what is your rating on Weird? Uh, this is a 6.9 star banger. And this movie is so good, it made Paradise City better <laughs> upon reflection. <laughs> oh, upon oh. reflection. Wow. It, I, yeah, I, I cannot stress this enough. Um, watch Weird and then follow that up immediately with Paradise City. And I think you'll know where I'm, where my headspace is with that. But yeah, th- this movie is just really good. Fucking Jack Black is Wolf- Wolfman yeah. Jack was a pretty good highlight. Oh, and Evan Rachel Wood as Madonna is amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, she's great. Okay. That, in fact, that whole uh, that whole uh, uh, Doctor Demento boogie night scene was yes. pretty good. Yes, it, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, the uh, what the hell was his name? I posted in our our chat thing that this small chin uh oh yeah he was polka dot man he was in like a bunch of he's like uh i forget the guy's name (laughs) this movie is ultimately rewatchable it's got so many little moments that are going to become classic comic moments and this is that absolute party movie in the best way this is just just everything fun yeah okay that is cool currently streaming on roku sounds good now let's get to don't worry darling this is going to be very quick this movie is getting very very negative to middling to lukewarm reviews there is a staunch public defender of this movie. His name is Bruce Perky. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry, darling. HBO Max, you are swimming against the current, streaming against the tide. You're doing every single cliche right now. You are a contrarian. Why do you understand the vitriol for this movie? And I do don't. you think that's un? Oh, good. Why? Why? Tell I us. don't. I don't understand the vitriol for this movie. I think that people give movies that are equally as good and or as bad as this positive reviews constant all the time so i know there's a whole big controversy around this movie whatever i don't care it's just drama hollywood drama so let's take put that aside and i went with low expectations because of all the negative reviews i heard of this but i was it was on you know it was on hbo so i went and watched it to me the best way to go into this movie is and maybe i'm predisposed to kind of like this movie because i love those movies like uh the original stepford wives that whole kind of you know twilight zone black mirror whatever this is really honestly the best way to approach this is it's a an updated version of the stepford wives it really is that's really all this movie is it takes place in a slightly different setting a slightly different setup in the, de- the in the stepford wives you have Catherine ross's character going in not knowing what the whole thing is going to be and kind of coming in cold as an outsider this one just starts smack dab in the middle 
with Florence Pugh's character in the midst of the Stepford Wives sort of scenario. And they both play out in slightly different ways. But other than that, it's it's basically a version of that story. I had a ton of fun with this movie. Florence Pugh, as always, is freaking amazing. And she is like 90% of this movie and she's in like pretty much every scene. And there are some scenes where she's having um, duels with various characters and trying to slowly kind of buck this weird world that she's in and discovering for herself that the world isn't exactly what she thought it was. I, I loved it. Is it preposterous? Yes. Does it make any sense under scrutiny? No. Well, the Stepford Wise had robots. Okay. So <laughs> this is not a logical setup to start. You either buy it and you enjoy it or you don't buy it and you don't enjoy it. But I do not get the hate for it. I can understand it's not being your thing, but I liked it quite a bit. And I think it's the worth visuals, giving a chance. The visuals the are visuals, great. Yeah. The Matthew production Luke, yeah. values, the visuals all were top notch in this movie that part i don't think people are complaining about um the acting that everyone gets down on harry styles acting he's fine he's fine he's just playing her a-hole husband in this movie and i thought uh what's the name Uh, chris pine i thought he was great in this movie as this kind of self-help slash cult leader slash head of the community guy i think he was pretty great in this movie as well i i enjoyed it i had a great time with this movie Excellent. So don't worry, darling. Story execution. What about the third act reveal? Was it? Does it have to be surprising? Or bottom line, did it live up to your expectation the way you you know? Well, yeah. I mean, so it's not. So it's not a. It's not a surprising kind of ending, right? You know, it's a weird setup. So it's really just like what is actually going on. So it shouldn't blow your mind because you know something's going on. So it's just a matter of what is going on and what was going on. I thought was satisfying and dark enough, and it worked for me. Okay, Bruce Perky, what is your rating on Don't Worry, Darling? Four stars. Four stars. Wow, very, very good. Love that. Now, one of the the actual movie that I'm really sad that I missed out on is this movie on Shudder called Mandrake. It looks interesting. It has is. an interesting lead. Mm-hmm. What, what can you tell us about it? Are we are me and Eric missing out this week by not watching Mandrake? It, this is definitely a cool little indie movie. It's not going to blow your brains off it's not gonna blow your socks up i don't know that's anderson always says did it leave the socks behind (laughs) um whatever this is a but this is a a cool setup well executed cool little indie like folk horror movie and also a little one things i really appreciated what was it didn't like it didn't try to hold back too long on letting you know what was going on it wasn't one of those slow burn the whole time you don't know what's going on until the very very end not that I think I told you before in cinematics, the basic setup is you've got a um, a parole officer who is assigned to this notorious woman that they call, they, you know, nicknamed Bloody Mary, who had killed her husband like, like 20, 15 years ago. And she's finally out on parole. She's living out in this isolated house. Very quickly, two children in the community disappear. And everyone assumes it's this lady. And you're not sure what's going on. And the parole officer is just trying to do her job and trying to give everyone the benefit of the doubt and folky weird things start happening and it involves Mandrake. And if you know what a Mandrake is, you probably would know it from Harry Potter, which is like this weird little animal like version of a plant that you pull out of the ground and it screams, but it's also supposed to be able to like, I don't know, in folk legend heal people or witchery going on and that's involved in this as well i think it's pretty satisfying cool little indie folk horror movie and if you like that sort of thing give it a try i think you won't be fully disappointed i think you'll actually enjoy yourself quite a bit if it's not your thing just don't go into it it's not going to be for you sounds like a three and a half out of five for you bruce exactly three and a half it's good 
three and a half out of five. Check it out on Shutter if you have it. By the way, it's one of these things where Shutter, I, I think Bruce is is pretty much the, the flag bearer regarding Shutter. Also, Eric Holmes almost right there with Bruce, but Bruce every single week it seems like he see you watch the Shutter movie. It's probably the best streaming service right now, as far as if you want to just stick with one, Bruce, for the price. Do you agree with that? Yes, or? for the price, it's it's the most experimental, and you're the most likely to find. If you want like a bigger release or whatever, that's great. But if you want to find really oddball, interesting cinema, as well as some great horror movies, I think it's the place to go because you get these really interesting things. Like, well, we you know we saw um, Speak No Evil earlier this yes, year. Yes, yes, very We've good. We've seen yes. and Saloon. So there's some really unique and interesting stuff coming out on there on top of just straight ahead, you know, classic horror. So there's a lot of good stuff there. Eric Holmes, do you agree with Bruce's assessment? Like maybe if you have seven or eight dollars that you can actually string together for some kind of streaming service, I don't even think it costs as much as eight dollars. But if you had a couple of bucks on one streaming service, would Shudder be right at the top of your list as far as choices because of its variety and and, uh, cinema? Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on one second. You're I think you're muted. Uh, my uh, my first go to would be uh, either uh, Roku or YouTube since they're free. But yeah, if I'm paying for a streaming service, uh, yeah, Shutter's got to be up there. Shutter or Netflix, I I, I guess the, those are the only one. <laughs> those are the only two I have other than uh, 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 YouTube. So yeah, okay, very very good, Eric. And you know what? Lose the yeah. Flower of Evil's on there. So if you gotta there go you with go. that, anything that Lose the Flower of Evil is on, you gotta go with that. We love Lose the Flower of Evil. We love filmmaker Juan Diego Escobar Alzate. We also love our buddy Peter Bader from Middle Class Film Class, who, when he's not podcasting and when he's not having a full-time job, when he's not t- taking care of two tortoises or with his wonderful, wonderful uh, significant other, he's also skidding those beats for our wonderful Find Your Film Podcast. Pete, drop that beat. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie! No! What's in the fucking box? And we don't need another hero, Bruce. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if we need another Zhang Yimou. Bruce, is, Bruce will have the answer to that question. Do we need Zhang Yimou? Is he a very interesting filmmaker? What did you glean and get out of hero? Yeah, I I think so. I had heard about this movie and seen little clips and little scenes from it for a long time. But it's one of those movies that just has slipped past me for years and years and years. I think in the wake of, was it Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? I think this movie came out, what, a f- couple years later, 2002, I believe. Is that with the one where the arrows are coming out of the sky and it's just, it's an indelible Hero? image? Yeah. Yeah. Hero has the arrows coming out of the sky. Um, this is definitely one of the most beautiful, like lush cinematic movies you'll ever see. I I just kept saying, as I was watching, I kept saying spectacle, spectacle, spectacle. You don't get real spectacle made very much anymore because everything's full CGI. And a lot of this is not CGI. There is, I think, some in here, but a lot of it isn't. Uh, And this is probably one of the better, and once again, I'm not an expert at all, but this is one probably one of the better kind of wire work uh, martial arts movies as well. Uh, Basic concept of this movie is you have the hero, Jet Li. He shows up to... Oh, and also, who, who's the cast in this? I mean, uh, Ji Yang. Ji Yang. I can never say her name right. Uh, Maggie Chung, uh, Jet Li, and Donnie Yen as just a few of the great people in this movie. Right there, that should be like, wow, who? This is a, what, a, what a lineup. Anyway, uh, as the hero, he shows up to like the king's palace. And right off the bat, the king is... They're like, you're not supposed to go any more than 30 paces from the king. 
because that's the distance that you can't assassinate him. And he's there to basically say, I did it. I killed the three main assassins that have been trying to get you. Three assassins are known as, let's see, I've read it down here, Broken Sword, Sky, and Snow. Snow Sword, I think, or something like that. And then most of the movie are basically flashbacks to him saying, because the king's like, well, how did you do this? You're just a lowly nobody, basically. How are you able to kill these, the, the master assassins that are trying to you know, kill me? And he goes and he tells each story of how he did it. But then, I'm not going to give spoilers away, but then we see these stories again tell different ways. So you have multiple versions of these stories, and each one involves incredibly elaborate, visually stunning fight sequences and just this operatic romance and like, uh, you know, treachery and, you know, scheming going on in this movie. It's, it's quite a, a thing to see. And I, I did a little bit of, and I'll let, you know, uh, Eric chime in, but I, I quite enjoyed this. I was looking back at this, like some of the trivia on this, and I guess thousands, tens of thousands of extras in these scenes. So a lot of these scenes where you see that many people, there are that many people. Things like there's a scene where there's a fight occurring at this like perfectly still, like mirrored surface lake. And there's like a little beautiful island in the middle of the lake. And they're like flying across the water and barely touching it and fighting there. And it took them, I guess, like weeks to shoot that because they always they had to wait for the certain time of day when the the water was perfectly still. Like you can see this now would be full green screen. Just stuff like that in this movie that is kind of uh, right at that crossroads between new and old epic cinema and where you still, I mean, God knows they it's probably a Chinese production. So who knows how much slave labor they used, but whatever, we got a beautiful movie out of this, right? So that's all that matters. <laughs> no, but it is, it is really quite a stunning movie. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. Eric? If, yeah. Oh, good. Oh, you, you saw it too, Eric. You just rewatched it or yeah. something? Or is that first time? First time for you? Yeah, I, I thought I saw this before, but as I was watching, there was like enough new to me. So, all right. I, I, it may as well be a new watch at, at that point. Mm -hmm. But uh, a lot, what stuck with me this time, um, first of all, I think like some of the seed, it might have been the, because I rented this on YouTube and it might have been the version I got, but a lot of the CGI doesn't hold up at, at all. But uh, as far as the story goes, I liked how um, at its heart, this is an anti-war movie. And it's a very cynical anti-war movie. Uh, here in America, we just uh, we just had election day. It was the midterm elections. And everyone's talking about how, oh, it's super important this time. But uh, and we'll, we'll still be going to war with people because that's we're humans. We're stupid like that. I guess without now nah, I'm gonna do it. Um, with uh, so there's there's uh characters in this that uh are they're the air quote bad guys and you know they feel a certain way and there's a, the good guys and they feel a certain way but they all all they want to do is fight each other. All that that's their end game every time. They're both uh they're both wrong in the exact same ways even though they oppose to each other. And then what happens to the uh people that step in and say hey. Let's uh let's try peace. That 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 could be a thing we could do. What happens to them? Just watch the movie and find out. And that's kind of that's kind of where my mind's at, especially like with the election stuff going on. And this isn't like because Hero is so far ahead of its time. We've been doing this shit forever. Um, but it's it I I think the message in this is really good and really kind of bleak at the same time, uh, because you know, these are these are lessons we never learn and probably never will. At least not in my lifetime. So woohoo. Let's bomb more brown people in different countries because 
that's freedom, right? Cool. Am I supposed to in- interject a crowd cheering soundbite no. after that? Okay, I just <laughs> no, you're I'm supposed just to kidding. you're supposed to go crowd going. Well, if you'd vote Democrat or if you'd vote Republican, this wouldn't happen. But, oh, okay, I, I, I gotta find I, I gotta find that cue for, for vote Democrat or vote yeah, Republican. I, 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 I'm sorry. I, every time it becomes election, and I hear people just like fucking doing the same shit over and over, it's like you all know what crazy means. The definition of crazy. I hear you quote it to other people. <laughs> and then i watch a movie like hero where the actual heroes of the movie uh god damn it yeah the, yeah it's this good movie, it, it, it's good but it's fucking bleak and i don't think a lot of people understand why if they watch it one last thing i'll inter- interject on that and i agree with what you're saying everything you're saying actually but if you look into like this movie and the readings of it there because i watched a couple little like video essays and stuff there's some really interesting takes in this movie and especially what it comes to when it comes to which versions are actually true because you have multiple versions of events that are being told in this movie and i won't say how many are true and how many aren't true but there's different theories on on, on what are and what aren't and there's a lot of color theory too like depending on what colors you see the characters wearing, it depends on whose point of view it is and what whether or not it's an actual event that occurred or whether it's a lie being told by a character to another character, which is really fun and interesting as well. Okay, so that is Hero. What is your rating on this, Eric Holmes? There's some stuff in this that doesn't quite hold up, but I'd say this is still a really good movie and uh, no one will get the uh, the right uh, lessons from it. So it's uh, kind of useless. Also give it a four star regardless. Four stars from Eric Holmes. What is your rating on hero bruce i'm four and a half i i really like this movie i thought it was pretty damn beautiful and pretty cool very cool yeah i'm a huge fan of hero but again i i saw that i saw this movie years ago at a screening i should have seen it again and maybe i'll see it down the road as well but i love zhang yimo as a filmmaker that is our box pick of the week from bruce perky he's going to shake that box one more time for another week see what's in the box what's in, what's the, in box, the box bruce What's in what the box? In the box. Right. It's, a, it's a very tightly wound piece of paper that I can't read. What's in the yet. box? Unwind the paper, Bruce. What's it's in something the box, from 2016. Something? Finally, I never got around to watching this. I keep meaning to, and I'm going to be watching the very uplifting, from what I hear, Manchester by the Sea. Oh, that's a good. Ooh, one. wow, that's tough. Yeah, Manchester <laughs> by the Sea. My goodness. <laughs> Hello. Yes, have, a, yes. have something happy on deck. I can yes. just watch weird again <laughs> if I need to. Have have Paradise City on deck. Um, so after you watch uh, Manchester <laughs> by the Sea, you can have the Paradise City palate cleanser, I think. Okay, yeah. folks. Oh, ev- yes. Re- real quick, Bruce, while I'm thinking of it, because uh, watching Sam and Kate made me reminded me of this. Uh, put Lovely Still in the box if you haven't yet. Lovely Still? Yeah, Lovely, comma, Still. Lovely. Okay, I'll write it down right still. now. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. So Lovely Still is entered into Bruce Perky's What's in the Box segment. If you have any movies you want Bruce Perky or Eric Holmes or me sometimes to see, go email Bruce over at bruceperky at gmail.com. Episode 141 now is in the books. Eric Holmes, final thoughts? Um, The more I'm thinking of Paradise City, the more I'm liking it. I'm finding so many different uses for this movie, and I'm glad it exists. And check it out immediately after you watch Weird. Okay. I don't know if that's serious, half serious, or it's it's 100% serious. Oh, boy. Okay. Bruce Perky, final, final thoughts from you as we head out. Well, I don't have any dad joke or quip this week. I'm just going to say next week. I am really excited to talk about a movie that is just the epitome of indie 
cinema. It's what if you took a movie where it was a bunch of teenage girls and they were making their own movie almost, and they wanted to make their own version of the thing. And it takes place like in one of the most isolated towns in the middle of nowhere, like almost at the Arctic Circle. That's what we're going to see next week. One of them. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Hopefully we'll introduce you guys to some more new interesting cinema. We've been covering a lot of really great stuff here on Find Your Film. We will see you next week. Thank you guys so much for listening and have a great week watching movies.